Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> All right. So I am just going to open in prayer. All right. Lord, I just want to thank you for the opportunity today to gather together as a family, um, agreeing together in our beliefs and our desires and our love and gratitude for your faithfulness. I ask that you would bless your time here with us, Lord God, that we would be fully receptive to your thoughts and your will as we try to learn all that you have for us today. You are an inspired and holy God, and I ask for your very inspiration and your wisdom to fill myself and everyone here today as we open our hearts to your teaching. I just want to thank you and praise you for being a very good and faithful God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, so as, um, when Henry asked um, what I wanted to speak about, and he kind of had some ideas. He said new beginnings, which it was the beginning of the year, so I thought, that's perfect, that's awesome. And I was really excited to see what God was going to show me, and I thought of all the new beginnings in the Bible, all the people who messed up, and God gave them a new beginning, and I thought that was the way I was going, and then one night I was asking him, and I said, okay, well, I kind of need to get some direction and get going on this, and what do you think? And he said, I am the author and finisher of your faith. That's what he said. And I thought, well, that's really cool, but okay. And he goes, go with it. And I said, okay, I'll go with it. So I'm going to go with it, and that is what I'm It'll all come back to new beginnings, though, which is really cool. And so uh, most of my scriptures are going to be out of New King James, although we got Jalen of Passion translation for Christmas, and it's super cool. So some of them, I thought I would share that version with you, and whatever version you have, you can follow along with. So the verse about being the author and finisher of our faith is in Hebrews 12.2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, which is awesome because we have a place there too. We have a place at the right hand of the throne of God also because Jesus did that for us. But what does this truly mean? The author is the one who writes the story. He creates the story, the timeline, the characters, Every situation and event and happening from start to finish, it is the author who writes it down. Start to finish, from the conception of the idea to the printed version for the observer, it is the author and no one else. There's other influences, other things. You know, our lives are all influenced by other things and people, but God is literally the one who, start to finish, by name, in his book, wrote it down. We have a story. We have an inheritance. And so he is the author of our faith. So we need to accept that God created us uniquely. He has a plan and a purpose, and that we have a predestination. It's already planned, already purposed. It is already promised and already achieved. It's already done. It's already done. Jesus did it. He said it is finished. It is done. So, we hear a lot about faith because it says he's the author and finisher of our faith. So, we hear a lot about faith, how important it is, how necessary it is, and um, it can make us well. Uh, Matthew 17, 20 says it can move mountains. 
So, man, we hear a lot about faith. The Passion Translation gives us an interesting and inspirational view on what faith can accomplish. It's in James 5, 15, and 16. If you guys want to turn there, um, you can. James 5, 15, and 16. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have committed any sins, they will be forgiven. Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another, and then pray for one another and be instantly healed. Guys, catch that? All we have to do is get right here. We just have to say, sorry, sorry if I offended God or anyone or here. Let's just make our amends and get right with God and then pray for one another to be instantly healed, instantly. Not all healings take place instantly, but the ones that do can happen right now, and we should pray for those with faith. So confess and acknowledge if you have offended one another and then pray for one another to instantly be healed for tremendous power is released through the passionate and heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Wow, so the power of faith can do all of that. Heal, raise up the sick and the dead even, and forgiveness, which is the biggest one that we all need. So how do we muster up this kind of faith? How do we get it out of ourselves? Like, how do we do that? We don't. We do not do it at all. So stop trying to somehow well that up in yourself and just wish that you can and try really hard. does not work that way. Faith is a gift. It is a gift. It has already been accomplished. It was given to us. We can increase our faith by obedience, but faith itself and the increase of faith is nothing that we can do just of our own selves. It, just, it will not happen. And you can say, I believe, I believe, I believe. And guess what? Faith is a very specific thing, and it comes from God. So we have to remember that we can't do that on our own. So how do we go about this, believing in this? We have to know that God has already accomplished every good and perfect work. Already. He's already done it. We are just following through. We're walking through Jesus' steps that he has already done. Everything in our lives is already written down, so we can do it. It's already accomplished. We just have to walk it out. So, even if we have yet to see the fullness of it in our lives, every good and perfect gift from God, it says, he has given us already. Hebrews 13, 20 and 21 says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work. Complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well and pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So it says that there's this everlasting covenant, and that is the covenant that he made with Abraham. And we find that referenced in the Passion Translation. Um, I'm going to read it out of Galatians 3, 6 through 9. It says, Abraham our father of faith, believed God. And the substance of his faith released God's righteousness to him. So the true children of Abraham have, have the same faith as their father. It means we have it. We already have it. If we are Abraham's children, 
The Bible says we have the same faith as Abraham. So, he said, the scriptures prophesied that on the basis of faith, God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous. That is everybody who's not born a Jew. That's the entire world, basically. So he did it for the Jews and he did it for the Gentiles. That's all of us. That's everybody. And that he would declare the Gentiles righteous. He gave the good news to Abraham ahead of time, and he said, through your example of faith, all nations will be blessed. Verse 9 says, and so the blessing of Abraham's faith is now our blessing too. So the faith is ours, and the blessing is ours. And those are together, the same and. The blessing encompasses more than just faith. It's the entire blessing, every blessing. Every blessing from the time, the beginning, to now, to the end. God gave it to us when he made that covenant with Abraham. It's a contract. God is truth only. If he says it and writes it down, there's nothing that can break it. So we have it. We don't have to do anything except accept it. So Galatians 3.9, this is also out of the Passion. If you belong to Christ, then you are now Abraham's child and a true heir of all blessings because of the promise God made to Abraham. It is so cool. The promise covered us until Jesus came, and now it is our sonship in the Lord. So um, it's very cool because the promise, the contract that God made with Abraham, I'm going to go ahead and read that. That is Genesis 12, 1 through 3, out of New King James. Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who curse, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. All of us. We all get to, because God said it to Abraham. So, it's very cool that um, the promise covered us. So that God did with Abraham, and it now enriches our sonship in the Lord. If we believe, so this is how it works with us now. So if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the only way, the only one true Savior of the world sent to die and redeem us from death by his death, then we have already received every single promise. If you believe that, you have received that. It's just how it works. It's a gift, and it's awesome. So Abraham believed says that Abraham believed but what did Abraham believe there was no written word per se back then I mean as far as what Abraham's reading he's not reading this right here what we have so what did Abraham believe he believed what God said so I'm going to repeat this because this is key to the entire concept of faith and living in faith he believed what God said he believed the very words coming out of his mouth, very specific words. It wasn't just a general belief in God, like, I believe you're up there. Thanks for this day. Thanks for my house and my family. No, I mean, what if God told you, you need to pull your kids out of school, you need to pack up your home, head for Anchorage, and I'll tell you what to do when you get there. What? No. No way, no how. None of us are going to do that, right? But we should, if God said. So Abraham 
just hearing the voice of God, and God told him to do this, he did it. He believed what God said, even though nothing around him made any sense of it. Why would you leave your house and your home and your family and your father and your legacy? Why would you do that? Why? Because God had something better. And when we listen, God always has something better. Always, always, always. We don't know what it is, and that's kind of the fun. Like, at first it's a little scary, and then you realize, like, God actually made this roller coaster, so it is totally safe, and I can just get on, and literally the ride is fun, and figuring out what is around that next corner and that next curve. And I think Abraham was probably a little bit excited to go on that adventure, because once you are in, and you're in, and you're going to follow, it's pretty cool. It's, it really is. So God talked to Abraham. Oh, I need my little paper. I brought a little, no, it's right, it's back here. It's my big board. So God gave me, it's called an acrostic, and you probably know what they are, but you probably don't know that they're called that. This is what they are, where you use the first letter of the word to make something to help you remember how it works. So I'm going to read that last part again, and let's see if that'll stay there. Okay, so Abraham followed God, he asked for insight, and he told others what he heard. That is called faith. Followed his voice, he followed his words, he asked for insight, told others what he heard, and that is faith. And that's it. That's all you got to do. So, yes, you, you, could, you could be the Statue of Liberty all day if you would like, but <laughs> so... Um, so, a faith, that, that's what you do. So you follow his words. But God had some very specific words. Genesis twenty two eighteen, 18, a New King James, was one of these very specific sets of words. God said, in your seed all nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. There's that voice again. Abraham obeyed his voice. And I have great news. So Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's awesome because we have that with us right here. And the beauty of faith is the more that we know, the more that we know, the more that we know. We know in here our faith is increased the more we know up here the more we know. So I have a story that God reminded me of, um, a very real example he brought to my mind about the power of how his words, in my prayer, he used to accomplish his will. It was very cool. So a couple years ago, um, well, Chris and I were praying over, it was a job situation, and financially, it was decisions had to be made, and we really needed to hear back from this person, a yes or a no, we need to make a life choice. What are we going to do here? Should we stay this? Should we do that? Should we, what are we going to do? And it was imperative that it had to be done like today. We need to know today because our options are today. We need to know. And so this person was going to, oh, well, I'm going to take off for a couple days. And we were like, uh-uh, no. And I said, God, no, absolutely not. We have a deadline. So he has a deadline, and he is a Christian, and you can do that. So 
I was fervently praying, fervently praying about it. I, had, I felt I had every right to claim its inheritance and the outcome. So I was pacing my house for like 15 minutes after I got off the phone with Chris. And I'm pacing and pacing and I'm like pleading my case to God. Every single scripture I can think of by reference and every, I mean just mostly scripture. Lord God, you said I can ask for this. Lord God, this is my inheritance. And quoting God's words to him, you know. And I was very fervently praying, and I was not going to stop until that phone rang, and it did, and it was Chris. And we rejoiced because we got the phone call, and God did his good work. And so I'm like, oh, yay, and I'm thanking God and thinking about how we can just pray hard enough, and God says, nope, stop right now, just stop, because he very, very, very clearly said, do not think that all of your praying convinced me to do what you wanted. You actually convinced yourself, you convinced yourself that you indeed have this inheritance, that you indeed have this right to ask these things of me. You indeed claimed every blessing. You believed every promise. And by claiming it out loud and speaking it to me and crying your case to me, you convinced yourself enough to activate the power in your prayer. And I was like, so I did that with my, with my prayer? And he's like, because you read my words. You convinced yourself that this was yours, and I did it. Because you believed it was yours. You asked me with enough conviction. You believed, you convinced yourself, actually, is what happened. I already gave you the power in your prayer. I already gave you that. It is free for you to use at will for every good thing that I have for you. He gave us unlimited power, unlimited. And, and we are to be using it and praying and grasping and receiving and giving out. We are supposed to be doing that. Now, how do we do that? We need to read the word so we can quote these scriptures and we are not convincing God to do his word. We are convincing ourselves in our hearts and our minds that this is true. And the more we read it, the more we memorize it, the more we pray it, it will become a part of us, and our faith will just be increased. So, simply by hearing the word of God, then, out loud is the best. It's like it should come, the Bible should come with that disclaimer, like read out loud for maximum benefit. It really should, because God spoke us into existence. He spoke the very world. Spoke it, just said it. He breathed life, and that's it. That's all it takes. So when we take that same power, those same words, that same life, and just put it out there, it does God's good work. Same, same. So when we hear the word of God, when we read the word of God, we will grow in faith. And then when we start growing in faith, all of these new little faith sprouts will start coming out, and they will start going out and fulfilling all of these good works. And what are these good works? We will find ourselves with new outlooks. We will find ourselves with new passions, new grace, new joy, new hope, because that's what faith does. Faith brings about the essence of things not seen. It's the substance when it comes real in our lives. We see those little plants, and we see those little shoots of joy and love, and, and so does everybody else, and it starts going out. So all of these things working together in your life will cause you to be able to spill over and plant these gifts into those around you. 
You will begin to transform your life and you will become, that's funny, I put your job will become more tolerable, but what God actually just said to me in my own words was, you will become more tolerable, <laughs> even pleasant. That is so funny. Okay, well, I guess I need to be more tolerable sometimes. So, but your jobs will become more tolerable then. I'm sure if you are more tolerable, then so will your job. Even pleasant. Your relationships will be richer. You will find forgiveness and um, love will replace hurt and anger as the words of the Lord and the work of the Holy Spirit will begin to soften your heart. And you will be allowed to just receive, as you receive all of that, the Holy Spirit is what will come forth and it will accomplish all of those good works in us. So um, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 um, is a promise about that. It says, Behold, I shall do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. It's not, now it shall spring forth. Now, now it shall spring forth right now. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So how do we hear God's very specific words on this? For us, like individuals, like Abraham did, how do we hear if we need to put our kids in this school or that school, or if we need to take this job or that job, or be friends with that person or acquaintances with that person? Like, how do we hear God's very specific words for us as individuals? Well, it's very easy, too. We read, we pray, we talk about it. That's it. Those three things, that is how we hear God's words for us very specifically. We read, we pray, we talk about it. We follow his voice, we ask for insight, we tell others. It really is that simple. So when we are following his teaching and his voice, so when we want to hear him specifically in our own lives, we have to take his active part, his active part in our life. How Jesus acted, how Jesus walked, how Jesus talked, how he acted is how we, we need to partake that mantle. We need to take that, and that's how we follow. And how we learn about that is reading the Bible. We just can basically simply follow every single thing Jesus did, and if we put that in our life, it will begin to change and grow us. Um, asking for insight. So we ask God, but we also ask those around us. You have a vision? Ask another Christian, like, what do, you, what do you feel? You know, God will lead you to who can give you some insight. If it's not directly from him, he uses us all the time with each other for confirmation and different things like that. If you are really struggling with something, trust your fellow believers to pray for you and with you. And together, God will give you a solution. He always uses confirmation. We're never in this on our own. We can always follow. And when we ask for insight, he will give it to us, not just through him, but you can be, oh, God, give me a sign where should I go, you know, what, what house should I buy? I'm just undecided. I'm going to go meet a realtor. And you will literally see a sign that says, turn right to find happiness. And you'll go, is that you, God? You know, you don't know. I mean, he gives us so very specific. If we're watching and paying attention, he will reveal his answers to the things that we have been looking for and praying for. And how do we know we'll miss those little signs if we're not reading? And maybe that day we read something about a garden, and later that day, Somebody gives us a plant, and we're communicating about that. And we just don't know how God works. So we need to ask for his insight because he will very specifically tell us down to the detail, like, go to the post office now, not later. Why? Because I'm just saying, go now. Well, 
you go now and you meet somebody who you haven't seen in 10 years and you needed to pray for them. So his insight is very, very specific. And usually it is prompted by something you read that day or something another believer said to you or something that you've been praying on. And he will just prompt you to do his will in the middle of your day. You'll just, oh, okay. So he'll give you insight. He absolutely will. And this is the important thing. <coughs> Excuse me. We have to tell others what we hear. This is like huge. We can't just keep it to ourselves. That is the whole point of Jesus, of salvation, of ministry, of evangelism, of all of this. The whole point is that the whole entire world needs to know. So once we get started, we're just getting the ball rolling. Like you just start and you just keep going. You have to, um, you have to do that. Telling people is very important and the word is very important and so using specific words when you are doing that with people god will give you those words um he is the bread of life bread is what feeds us some people have very specific diets some people can't have gluten some people can't have you know peanut butter or whatever some people need more of other things well god is the bread of life he is our very sustenance so anything that's in this bible he will give you he will let you glean that out specifically for somebody who needs it. He will let you have that tidbit, that morsel, that wonderful thing, that bite of bread he gave you that morning, and it's actually to feed somebody else later. And so Jesus is the bread of life, and that is how we tell people. We tell them by giving them his bread too, by giving them his words and what he shows us and reveals to us. Jesus says in John 6:35, I am the bread of life, and he who comes to me shall never hunger and he believes in me, will never thirst. So that's for us, but it's also for the world. So we need to tell others because it's for them. They're hungry. They're hungry. He is the bread, and they are hungry. And how dare we just keep it to ourselves? We have to. We have to give it away. John 6, 48, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. So this is life, life. This is what we're handing out to people. Um, John 1, 1 through 5 I'm going to actually turn there and read that because this also just confirms um, everything that God's telling us. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men, and light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So we need to be that light, helping the world comprehend. Um, you know, they're in darkness. They don't know. They need light and food to grow. And so we need to be that for them. Insight is a process. It is um, gained over time. It's true wisdom. So it's practice. It requires practice and patience to hear God and be willing to step out in it and work in it in your lives. Um, but God promises us that he will be there for us, and we are already equipped with every single good and perfect thing. So um, he has some reassurances for us. James 1, 3, through four, um, 3 and 4 says, For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, this is cool, it will release perfection into every part of your life, and you're being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. So faith, your endurance and faith. So faith, practicing faith, which is 
following his voice, asking for insight, hearing him, telling what you hear, all of those things um, will lead to endurance when you practice them and perfection in every part of your being. That's pretty cool. It seems unachievable and it probably is here on earth, but it is our goal and we should try for it. So tell others what you hear when God talks to you. Um, we have a job to minister to those around us. So you may not realize that you have a ministry already, every one of you. Every single one of you has a ministry. Um, your ministry is what you do all day. That's your ministry. When you get up, that's your ministry. Where you go and what you do all day is your ministry. So if you have not been ministering, well, you better get started. Even if you're just staying at home doing laundry, you can be praying, you can be making phone calls, you can be reading that Bible to your children, you can do whatever it is. If you're on the road, pray as you're going, you're driving, you're praying, protection along those roads, and for everybody who lives there, you have a ministry. So just because you're not teaching or speaking or doing something specific, you have a ministry, and you are walking in it every day, whether you choose to or not. It is your responsibility. It is your ministry. So, however it happens, you are enlisted to make sure that those around you know where you stand, not just where you stand, but that they are familiar with your beliefs. So not just what you, not, well, you believe in God, oh, you're a Christian. You need to tell them when you are praying for situations. You need to share that with people and say, oh, gosh, you know, I'd just really love it if you guys wouldn't mind praying for me. I'm, you know, really thinking about this move here, and I could use some prayers. You would be surprised how many people feel really great that you would think that their prayers would be important. And they are. Every prayer is important. Every prayer. And so when you talk to people about what you're praying for and what you believe in, then later when those things come into fruition, those people say, ah, so that did happen for her. She did do that. that God did do that for her. Well, there's that little seed of faith planted in them, now growing, because they see how your things are playing out in your life when you tell them about what God is doing. So if the people you spend your day with only know what you believe, but they don't know why or even in who, then you need to start speaking up. And it is your duty to stand up for the truth always, but it is even more so your duty to present the truth. You don't just have to stand up for it, of course. We're going to, yes, I will stand up for the truth. Guess what? How about present it and see who else stands up for the truth? Who else is with you? And those who aren't, pray for him. Get going. Minister. I mean, it's our job. So God will help you with this. He gave us the Holy Spirit to perform these great and victorious things, and he will provide insight and words for everyone that you meet. 2 Timothy 4, 5 says, But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. It might be hard at first to talk to someone about God or your faith, might be hard to do that with freely with people that you don't know. But God can handle that. In Psalms 138.3, um, David is saying, In the day when I cried out to you, you answered me, and you made me bold with strength in my soul. So there is no excuse for not being bold. It's another one of God's gifts. That with practice, you ask for it, and you know that you have it, you believe that you have it, and then you practice it. You obey God when he tells you to tell people what he's saying, and with that, you will be strengthened in your soul. You will have boldness. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer each one. 
which is really cool because the answer to everybody's problem is in the Bible. So if you know your Bible and you can tell your Bible to people, then you will have the answer because God will just instantly bring to mind those things that you read that day or last week or last year. Those things that he's planted in your heart will come to your mind just for those people at that specific time and you will have just what they need from God and you won't even know it half the time. It will be later when somebody comes back and says, hey, you know that day you said that to me, man, that made all the difference. And you'll say, what did I say? And God will say, I said it. Don't worry, it was true. It's okay. You were speaking my words, and it all worked out. And so we don't even have to make sure that they make sense to people. We don't have to make sure that they get it. God makes them get it. We just say it, and that's our part. We say it with grace and love, and, and God does the rest. Um, Psalm 121.8, New King James says, The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this day forth and even evermore. So we can read multiple passages about God's faithfulness, how he keeps every promise every single time, and he will activate and increase us, our faithfulness, as we are filled up with the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, He who calls you is faithful and will also do it. I think that is so funny. That is so for us humans. The, the rhetorical, like, did you get it? Did you get it? He calls you as faithful, and he will also do it. Oh, good, I'm glad you clarified. He's faithful. That's exactly the essence of what it means. Faithful means you will do it. But for us, he put it in there again just so we get it. He calls you. He is faithful, and he will also do it. It's not about us. So we don't have to worry that we're doing a good job and we're doing all that. Like, if we're just loving him and wanting to serve him and do his will and try to follow and listen and hear and tell, he will do it. God will do it. This is where he makes roads in the desert or roads in the wilderness and rivers in the, in the desert. This is where he does that. When it doesn't look like there's a way, when we are like, we don't know, God is faithful. He will do it. He remains faithful. Second Timothy 2.13 says, if we are faithless, which that is our human self, faithless. We still always have faith. The gift of faith is always ours. But if we are faithless, if we are not walking in, if we don't do it, it says if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. And as Tina said earlier, he is within each one of us. We are the temple. He is literally in here. So even if we're not faithful, God's like, I'm so sorry, I can't help it. Got to be faithful. I got to do it. And he's still going to continue that good work. So even when we fail, even when we don't measure up, even when we... Uh, don't say the kindest thing or have the most patience or don't do a good work when we should. God says, it's okay, got your back. I can't deny myself. We're still going. We're still moving. Just keep going. Just keep practicing. So it's not even about our capability or lack. God just remains the same, and he ever increases us. As we are willing, he will just continue to ever increase us. So have faith that God is who he says he is. Simply believe this, and then you will know in your very spirit and soul he will do what he says he will do. Even when there is no way, he will make a way because he always keeps his promises. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that it goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. I like this. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Look what Jesus, as the word, accomplished. So look at that. It, the word, Jesus is the word. Jesus was sent forth from the mouth of God as the word 
and he accomplished redemption. That's what he did with God's words. That's what he did. That is what we can do. We can do that too. It's pretty awesome. So God's spoken word then is a thing. A, it's, it's a thing. It's him. It's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus. It's an entity. His word is a real thing. It's power. It's the Holy Spirit's power coming forth. It's activating life in us, and it's activating truth and salvation in us. It's Jesus. It's the way. It's the word. It's the way to a new beginning in your life. So read the word out loud. There is tremendous power sent forth. Every time the words of God are sent forth, ask for God's word to be fruitful on its journey. Just ask for that. You can just be driving down the road, speaking out scriptures and asking that God would make it fruitful. And that word is a real thing. It literally will go forth, do its good work, and return back to God because God is full circle. I am always beginning and ending all in one. It all comes back to God. So read your Bible out loud and say your prayers out loud. Satan cannot comprehend. The darkness cannot comprehend. So don't think that by praying out loud, Satan's going to figure out what you're doing and try to stop you. It's not how it works. Jesus said from day one that he was the Lord and Savior and that he was going to save the earth. And did Satan comprehend it? No, he did not. Because if he did, he would have never tried to kill him. Because by killing him, he accomplished the very thing that he said he would do. So... Don't think that by saying out loud what you're praying for, because I have found myself like, oh, I don't want to say that. I don't want Satan to get in there and mess it up. Why am I even worried about that? Satan cannot comprehend God's plans. Satan cannot comprehend the truth, so he cannot. All he's doing is like randomly fumbling and foiling, trying to trip us up. We have God's plan. He doesn't know what that is, even if we pray it out loud, especially if we pray it out loud. It's pure truth. He cannot comprehend it. He cannot do anything against it pure truth. Pray with your scripture. Pray with your scripture. Music, worship. How many psalms are turned into worship? Because putting them out, out loud, it is a weapon. It is. Our words are weapons, and we are warriors. So put them out there. Read your Bible out loud. And just remember that Mark eleven twenty four says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you shall receive them and you shall have them. So believe, like Abraham believed, that you have God's promise of faithfulness, blessing, increase, all of that stuff. You have that. He says, if you believe it, you have it. So read your Bible out loud for maximum benefit. Put it out there. It will do its good and perfect work. Its only mission is to save. It is truth. It is life. It's power activated in our lives. The enemy comes to kill, to kill and still and destroy, but the word brings life and abundance and growth. So simply by its being present in our lives, we can hold fast to the word, eat and drink and breathe the word. Our lives will be transformed and made new without ceasing. We should follow and pray and proclaim these new beginnings in our lives for ourselves and everyone else that we encounter. So with that, I'm going to close in prayer. Dear Lord God, you are a very good and faithful God, and I thank you for just your gracious gifts all of your gracious gifts, I thank you for the covenant that you made with Abraham that is so very binding through the end of time. It is unbreakable that the blood of Jesus made it an eternal and lasting contract that even at the time of Abraham, you are, I am, and Jesus had already fulfilled that contract because only we are bound by time, Lord God. You made that contract with Abraham. Jesus sealed it with his blood, and we have faith. We have your promises. We have your blessing 
you promised that we would have everything you gave Abraham, and you made him the father of nations. Lord God, you say that you equip us with the ability to go forth and speak your word. I ask right now that you would just equip each person here with boldness, with the ability to go forth and look even for opportunities to spread the good news, that they would um, just every little thing, uh, every act of kindness, every smile, every good word, Lord God, just give every person here the boldness to go out there and make a difference in the world. Let their faith shine through. Let their faith um, just embolden them to ask for your new blessings, your new mercies, everything. Um, you are a good and new God every single day, a new beginning every single day, and we can have that in you, Lord God. So just remind us to ask um, ask for your insight when we pray. Lord God, I just ask that you would um, prompt every person in here to, to have a hunger in their very uh, pit of their soul, um, a very hunger for your word, for your teaching, that we would be able to grasp onto it, that it would soak in, and that it would just resound outward um, on into eternity, Lord God, that your word does not return void. So let every good word spoken from every person here today be fruitful, multiplied as they go out into their lives, Lord God, just Holy Spirit, fill them up with that faith. Let them have that revelation that faith is a gift, just like salvation, and that walking in it is just the asking. God, let us receive from you everything that you have for us today. As we go out through this week, just bless and protect us. Um, I just thank you so much for being a good God and being very faithful. And uh, I just love you so much, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice that made all of this possible. Thank you that we can be here together as one family, loving and in agreement with you, Lord God. And I just... Thank you so much today. In Jesus' name, amen.